podcast informs listeners that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed solely belong to the host and not necessarily to their employer or any other group of individuals. It is not a research report. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. It is for informational purposes only and should not be construed otherwise. Hi guys, it's January 28, 2020 and I am taping on Tuesday. However, I would read to you a lot of articles that I shared last week and what I said inside the inner circle. Okay, so this is a summary. I'll read it verbatim. Summary of Nikki's January to March 2020 outlook. I no longer feel comfortable going long aggressively. For now, I want to see the market in a corrective action first before I renew trades in our high flyers. I want to highlight slower money and names that I think offer growth opportunities. I still have cash, but I will still have equities just because there remains many nice names. However, I don't believe the Wuhan virus has reached peak fear, so if more bad news hits, we might see bigger pullbacks. Therefore, I don't know, but guess ko lang. Price naman is super cheap for some, such as Jumia, which is a peak of ours. MasterCard bought $50 million. The company is a strong growth potential in Africa. There's a huge unbanked play in population, $1.4 billion. In Africa, it's a good long-term bull story. So, if I'm able to get Jumia at seven dollars, I will. Uh, note that Mastercard bought as high as thirteen dollars. So, we have so many picks na napaka resilient. Di ko alam kung magaling ba akong stock picker or malakas lang talaga or what. Pero nakaka nine percent a day tayo, even when the market is weak. Pero some faltered na. Guys, di ako nagtotalk up ng sarili ko. Nangyari lang talaga. <clears throat> Selective yung winners. So, in fact, I'm really surprised how strong we are on our picks. We've made a 50% move, actually more than 50% on Luckin, Coffee, Beyond Meat. Our in-mode pick went as high as $53 from an entry price of $40. That's a 30% move in less than a week. We made a 50% move on Smile Direct Club, a, a buy on 9 to 10, and it hit as high as 13 to 15. I was correct on the Wuhan coronavirus play. I told you guys to buy the masks, which is APT, and the one who was selling Hamad suits, which was Lake. Hamad suits is up 100% in a week time. The uh, sorry, the mask play was up hundred percent in a week time. The lake play, which is a mad suit, is up about twenty five percent. Personally, I just took a ten percent profit on these names. Nag quick trade lang talaga. But for those who followed, uh, you could see it naman in our Twitter at Faceless Trader. I posted January 21, 2020, The names I felt which would rise. 
due to the ongoing coronavirus, why I was a little bit hesitant. That's why five days ago, we were getting stopped out. We were going cash mode. And so, we actually have a lot of cash. In fact, these days, now that the market has corrected 25% on some names that we like, we're actually looking to buy more, um, ad- averaging up on our winners. And we are planning to buy back some shares that we've already sold last week. So, let me read a few things that I said. This was a morning post. I said, Okay, good morning. First and foremost, I think that my exit of Netflix was a massive shakeout. This move from 325 to 350 in a single day meant that the weak hands got sold out and the strong hands bought. Unfortunately, I became part of the weak hands and I even encouraged prudent profit-taking. Seeing the lack of reaction in light of the great earnings results only to see that the people actually like Netflix earnings a day after the announcement. So to those who exited their Netflix, number one, it's hard to judge because it was indeed breaking down from the 330 level only to break out the next day. However, we would have still other connected TV and streaming plays, so it's not really a bad thing. The opportunities in the USA remain there, but it has been baffling to me these days. Yes, there are names which we can pick up, which are going up 7-8% to 8% in a single day. However, there are also names which are pulling back, dropping 5% or more, which if we are not careful in protecting our gains, can lead to a massive giving up. Therefore, I continue to, to tell you to take the prudent approach, taking cash exposure higher, even as we see strength in our names. I have seen this true, that just because we are exiting to cash, doesn't mean we expect the market to drop, but we expect it to be a rough and choppy environment. That is all. Exiting on massive strength days like in mode at 49 is encouraged despite possibly losing out and placing too much profits on the table. Sell half, keep half, trail your cheap costs at 46 for wider moves or tighten to 48. This is true for our winning picks. Jumia, PayPal, Farfetch, C Limited, Stone Co. at CJD. It would continue to be strong and we might feel a little dumb while we are taking profits. But it's better to be half right and half wrong at this stage. We're taking the neutral ground here that should there be a sunny weather, we have our names but only half size or small size or smaller exposures. While if it rains, we happily are able to watch if we can figure out an entry point again in these winners. It will frustrate the newbies, most especially on this massive volatile ranges, that your once favorites will not be displayed. For instance, Luckin now has a range of $5. For the people who bought at $20 to $30 ranges, these $5 daily ranges can be nerving. So I advise less exposure, eliminating exposure as normal, because while everyone loves the volatility when it's in the upside, how about when it's in the downside? Due to significant display of ranges, we have decided to just leave the name and watch on the sidelines. Hopefully, we just get a deeper and deeper pullback on names like Luck and Coffee. 
because I've seen this behavior in the past. Large volatility at the top is a sign of a topish stock instead of being bullish. Be patient, follow the chartist. Don't worry even if you like the entire fundamentals. Same goes for Beyond Meat. If we have a decent entry back at 95 or 105, we will take it. However, if not, we will just watch. Despite the fact that I know I promised not to trade much in 2020, the level of volatility this January is giving us too much volatility that we are forced to take a bit of our outperformers to the sell side. It is not my choice that they go up extremely well. That's a good problem, isn't it? So there. If you compare the January monthly moves that we had versus the December and November moves, January is racking up months of gains in a short amount of time. I wonder how fast those gains can lead to fast downs too. Hence prudence. However, let me reiterate, we are not advising shorting because we do not see a fundamentally different scenario to actually exit the markets. In fact, we are second-guessing ourselves if we are taking profits early. But I would rather hold the bird in my hand than let it slip away. Too good to be true, so I would just take it for it to be reality. First, it's not a surprise January is a strong month because many investors continue to deploy money into their equities, hence the run-up to our winners. Consider the difference of about 10% in a single month for our turtle picks and 20% for our high flyers and even 30 to 50% for the super explosive ones and this is for just one month. My understanding is that we got the selection right. We got the sector right, we held winners and we got paid for it. We deserve the reward. Consider a fact that 10% a month of gains should be made in an entire year. Is it possible that we should just close and have a vacation? To me, yes. Because what's important is not to sell at the top. What's important is to have your vacation and meet your goals. Once that goal is met, doesn't matter whether market tanks or rises. Let it happen. So there is nothing wrong to even hold so much cash. Why not take profits, I ask? We are proponents who believe cash is king. Cash is a position too, and we will be happy to own cash. Volatility is present, and nothing can stop volatility except having cash to be able to buy when it goes to the downside. If you happen to be holding 50 to 60% cash due to profit taking, it is fine. Is this too much cash? Is this fine? Look, God blessed you. You should just be happy. I don't usually hold this much cash position either. No worries. We will deploy and find a way to deploy it somehow in the future. The semiconductors to supply and benefit the 5G space have been blistering hot. The large caps which we advised as Corvo and Star and Skyworks have been white hot. They represent the Microsoft of their category. And just like Microsoft, they have the best sharp ratio in terms of risk reward. Meaning with the least volatility, they command 50% returns without having to know great entries. Ruler lang, years and years and years. You know, I've seen people compare Skyworks to their position in other names. People who swear to never ever sell because I understand that they know it is the go-to solution of any communication network who's undergoing a 5G connection. 
Large perspectives never change. The slow turtles, as we call, make a 50% return in a year by moving forward a net gain of 1% every week. With 52 weeks, they make a 52% return in a year. It's really one of the best creations of wealth. Skyworks is a 12 to 125 in a decade. I get inspired because I'm also thinking, what names do we have to hold for 10 years to get those 1,000% returns? Anyway, the 5G story is intact and uh, $100 bid since last year would probably wishful thinking by this point. We need an earnings miss for an entry back at that $100. Okay, um, look, I'm reading to you posts I've done last week. I've been telling you to take profits and now we know that that was such a prescient call. A lot of you guys have told me thank you. I've been 70% in cash. Thank you for telling me to take profits. Thank you for being prudent. Thank you, we have 50% cash. Now the question is, now that the market has fallen and the panic has happened, the question for most people is, well, what should we do now? In fact, some of the names we sold didn't go down, didn't it? Beyond Meat didn't fall even with this coronavirus. We sold at 125, it fell 115, but it's still up. Yesterday, it was 125. My conclusion is that even if you sell, for instance, the people who sold their Tesla at 570, Tesla is still $540. We will still not buy. That means there are names that when we sell, we can't buy them back. Don't worry. Because we have so many picks. So let me discuss our connected TV winners. Roku is one of them. I believe in this company 2019. I still believe it in 2020. And I still believe it maybe 2025. In fact, any drops of Roku at 110 to 120 will present me a buying opportunity. So why are we bullish on Roku? 2020 is here and Roku is ready to capitalize on all the retail content and manufacturing relationships it had started building since last year. In fact, its first big expansion is in Brazil. The company has announced partnerships with AOC and Global Play for new smart TVs. Brazil represents a sizable opportunity for Roku. It is one of the largest markets in Latin America, and it could be a stepping stone for Roku to other countries in the region. Right now, Roku accounts for one in three smart TVs sold in the United States. For the rest of the world, its share is less than 5% of sales. Google's Android TV accounts for more than twice the sales of Roku. Building a presence in an international market like Brazil by partnering with manufacturers, retailers, and content providers would ought to flip those numbers. In fact, I have gotten friends who have Roku Smart TV in their name in their homes. They all swear they love Roku. So the answer is simple. I love the product. I love the growth. I love everything about the technicals, except that, of course, 
I hope we could get it at 110 or 120 if some Wuhan correction happens. It's pretty simple. Buy Roku on dips. Sleep well. Connected TV is a secular trend and we do not ever short our loves. If you fundamentally believe cord cutting is the future for an entire decade, to short a name like Roku is considered ignorant of mega secular trends. By the way, full disclosure, my main system is buy and hold mega trends. Just diversify on globally best companies. Sometimes you will get downs, other times you get ups. The only way to ensure your wealth and success is diversification and risk management through sizes. I still believe that is true, has been true for decades past, and will be decades in the future. So, please do not sell your winners. It's very rare for me to actually issue sell signals. Very rare. In fact, in the entire 2019, I can recall only September 2019, when I issued a sell, and then October 2019, I immediately called you guys to buy back and buy and buy and buy. Therefore, if I make a sell selectively, January 2020, I'm not really bearish. I'm just trying to be flexible, but my sell calls are very rare. Like only 10 to 15% of the time do I ever give sell recos, because usually 75 to 85% of the time, I just really buy give signals. I give buy signals in great names. In fact, I wouldn't mind owning Jumia even if the market is weird. That means I don't really have a risk of mentality. I just make tactical decisions. In fact, results of earnings on the great tech names have resulted in a blast to all-time highs. Did you guys just see Atlassian numbers? Guys, see Paycomsoft, Citrix Systems, really wonderful, PTC. I know I'm personally very weak in my fundamental understanding of cloud names. What I do know is that I have the habit of learning something I'm not good at para matuto. So, I don't normally recommend all of these um, cloud names. But, Ang software bullish pick ko is DocuSign and Atlassian. Either way, ano pa ba yung mga pick ko? Kwenta natin tong Jumia. Recently, ang mga ni-recommend ko this month, Jumia and Progeny. Okay. Jumia, for most people, they don't know what Jumia is. Okay. Basahin ko from the start. Hmm. Jumia is an online marketplace in Africa for electronics and fashion, among others. The company is also a logistics service which enables the shipment and delivery of packages from sellers to consumers and a payment service which facilitates transaction among participants. Jumia's platform has partnered with more than 50,000 local African companies and individuals and is a direct competitor to Kili Mall in Kenya and Conga in Nigeria. It started in 2012 in Lagos and the 
company presently has a presence to more than 10 African countries. Note that Jumia has had allegations of a fraudulent case. In May 2019, the short seller Andrew Left of Citron Research referenced Jumia as a securities fraud, citing material discrepancies regarding key financial metrics among a confidential investor presentation and Jumia's F1 filing to the SEC from its April 2019 IPO. Andrew Left is known on Wall Street for making several claims of fraud and has faced calls to be investigated. Because of this, Jumia's share price sank more than 50% in a week's time after the report was published. This is the reason why Jumia fell from 20 to 10 to 5. Let me say to you a few facts. In March 2019, Jumia received 50 million euros in investments from MasterCard. Jumia this year went from $5 per share to as high as $7. When I looked at Jumia's numbers, this company has zero debt. It has $300 million of cash. It has runway. It has revenues. It has Jumia Pay. When it got pumped to as high as 45 during the IPO move because it was a 14 bucks IPO, their cash would last 10 years even with a cash burn a year of 45 million euros. So hindi siya mga bankrupt. Jumia Pay is the company's online payment platform and part of the growth plan. The company is interested in making Jumia Pay and the logistics network available to third parties, even those not selling on its e-commerce platform. This year, Jumia closed its food delivery. Applause, applause, because I really hate food delivery giants because they are a losing entity. As I said, galit ako sa lahat ng food delivery giants. So, hindi ako bilib sa mga Meituan, Uber Eats, lahat ng mga lalamu food. Wala akong pake sa fundamental story dahil it's just really a loss-making thing. Anyway, let's talk about Jumia pa rin. We will focus more on Jumia Pay in 2020 to drive cashless transactions on our e-commerce platform. We've discovered that most payment apps are not very successful in signing billions of users, but it's our focus for 2020 to ensure we highlight the benefits of Jumia Pay and encourage more people to transact with Jumia Pay. There are some payment apps that are used in different regions of the world that are doing very well. Signing on billions of users on a daily basis is what we want to replicate in Nigeria with Jumia Pay. Basically, if you look at this math, MasterCard invested 50 million euros not for Jumia to be Amazon, but for Jumia to be WeChat of Brazil. MasterCard invested 50 million euros, IPO $14. I'm asking you to enter $7. So, you've got margin of safety. In fact, on that $7 per share, let me reiterate, $5 of that is pure cash. As in cash. So, kahit maging wallet na lang tong si Jumia Pay, malaki yung upside versus downside. Also, let me recall, Citron paid Harry Marco Polos last year saying GE was another Enron. Eh, hindi naman. Bumili, bumili nga tayo ng GE last year eh. $8.50. 
Tapos binenta natin sa 10 na nag-11, 12. My point is, isang dakilang short seller yang si Citron. Using his influence to sway a narrative. Totoo, maraming utang yung GE. Pero to say accounting fraud or scandal is not the same as maraming utang. And, of course, sumabay tayo to buy GE kasi may insider buying. Same reason why we bought CPRI, which is Versace, on the floor when the Hong Kong protests and fashion foxpa happened. Therefore, I'm giving this buy recommendation on Jumia dahil nagbasa muna ako bago ko binibigay itong mga buy reco sa inyo. The fraud allegation is a criminal thing. So, I know bawal pa dalos-dalos. Pero, why am I giving this contrarian call? Inisip ko lang talaga na limited naman ang upside, pero yung upside is still 11 to 12 dollars. And the downside is 5 dollars. So, about the fraud allegations on Jumia, I'm not that Sure, but as the company said, Jumia is trying to take the high road on the short seller's fraud claims. The company touted strong year-on-year growth in gross merchandise volume, 240 million euros, 58% off. GMV is non-standard accounting metric Jumia users uses to show the total value of orders including shipping fees, value-added tax, and before deductions of any discounts or vouchers, irrespective of cancellations or returns. Jumia said its active users grew to 4.3 million at the end of the quarter from 3 million a year ago, while total revenue grew by 12% to 31.8 million euros. Gross margins on GMV rose slightly to 6.5% from 5.6% a year earlier. Jumia talked up a partnership between Jumia Pay, its in-house payment solution, and MasterCard for the development of branded products, including cards and quick response codes, as part of MasterCard's recent 50 million euro investment. Kung pag-iisipan natin, Jumia will of course lose money, pero losing money is not equivalent to fraud. Recall that Alibaba, Shopee, Pintuatua, JD no initial years lost billions of dollars for the last seven years. So, if you're gonna give up on e-commerce because of losses, well, you're giving up Amazon. Bak- bakit? Kasi Amazon has been losing ever since. All the time. It's not the same as Uber losing a billion dollars. Bakit different on e-commerce. Perspective lang. E-commerce and payments in Africa is a big opportunity. Is losing money for the last seven years for Jumia a big problem? Relative to the context, ang importante. Jumia's story is $14.50 to $47, sank to as low as $4.50, and now, we are buying the reversal move at 7 bucks. I also recall reading, when I gave this recommendation, pin tuo tuo. I gave this recommendation and nobody bothered to listen except a few. We said, buy pin tuo tuo at 19 to 20. Pin tuo tuo was the third player 
second to Alibaba and JD. Third to Alibaba and JD. They were selling things online. People were saying it's absurd that you could buy a dollar's worth of uh, good because they were doing promotions. You could buy aircon, lots of appliances in Pintuatua cheaply. It's called marketing and promotions. So, may nagsabi din dati na when I was promoting Pintuotuo that it was losing money. Exaggerated yung mga revenues, and daming expenses, anong klaseng business model. So, there have been calls, including a petition for Citron to be investigated by the SEC for manipulation and an attempt to scare investors into overreacting. In fact, a veteran investor who decided not to be named is familiar with Andrew Left and Citron's work. They have said that Left has been known to flip-flop on his own analysis, suggesting shorting a stock and then going long at the last minute. I do not think he's breaking any SEC rules. Anyone can say anything on social media, long or short, but I would never make an investment decision based on what he says. Citron has never been penalized for their outrageous fraud calls. I'm just saying that. Jumia is not founded by Africans. In fact, Jumia is founded by Germans. But they focus on the African market. Just like Shopee. Di naman Pinoy yan eh. Anyway, I wish that you would do some research on your own. And this podcast is now closing. I mean, for now. I think I've said enough. Read more about Jumia. I like another pick, Progeny, but we will discuss some of my other picks next time. In my inner circle, I have a top 20 for 2020. In fact, I even wrote our buy below price in aggressive entries. Please take note that there are trends I love secular. Expansion, alternative meat, payments, games, esports, e-commerce, medical aesthetics, fertility, SaaS, connected TV, self-driving cars, online education, 5G, and biometrics. Those who are in my circle know what those picks are. Those who aren't, you'll know in time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.